For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ACC Nation with Will Ogenen and Jim Quist. Featuring ACC sports news and interviews. Available on streaming radio, podcast, and YouTube. Welcome to ACC Nation. That's Will Ogenen. I'm Jim Quist. And our special guest is the publisher of BC Eagle Insider, the host of Locked On BC podcast, AJ Black. AJ, welcome. Glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here, guys. It's uh, week two of football, and we got a lot to talk about. Yes, we do, and we're going to start. Yeah, before we started with the podcast, um, it 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 started firing things up here. We started getting a real feel for where this may be going. We'll we'll keep ourselves contained as much as possible. We'll. uh, you know, put a leash on on Will because that's the guy we got to watch out for. Uh, <laughs> so AJ, <laughs> simple. What the hell's going on? <laughs> I mean, you know, what is going on with Jeff Halfley and Boston College? That's a million dollar question, Jim. Um, Give you know, us a million dollar answer, bud. I mean, cause <laughs> <laughs> well. You have a, a you go into this season, you're feeling pretty good. You finally got your your offensive line situation fixed. Feeling like that was the big issue last year that caused all sorts of problems for Boston College. You know they couldn't block. They, they you know and that all just kind of spiraled into the defense and being on the field too long. And you figured get that fixed. You got the same quarterback that was having success at the end of last year. You went out there. You addressed depth issues in the transfer portal. You brought in ten new guys. You got a couple of new freshmen that are looking pretty promising. You're feeling good going into the season. And then they go out and they lay an epic turd against <laughs> NIU. And that first half of that game was embarrassing. They in it. I don't blame the defense because the defense let up seven points and against NIU, you'd be happy, you know, against any squad, you, you know, you let up seven points. It's pretty good. But the offense was a complete disaster. And I, the way that it was handled, the way that it went in that first half is all on the coaching staff because all off season, Jeff Halfley has been talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking about Emmett Moorhead. He, he let Phil Dracovic go to pit and said that he did it because Emmett Moorhead was going to be the future of this program. Mm-hmm. He sent him to ACC media day because he's the face of the program. And then he pulls him after two series. He threw what five passes, and yeah, he looked jittery and, and nervous, but he didn't get any chance to course correct. He just yanked him and put in Thomas Castellanos, who, I mean, the first half too was uh, not very good. He he figured things out and he was better, but the way that he did 
Moorhead was dirty. I was not a fan of what he did there because they had been trotting him out to the media all summer long. You know, I got to know Emmett Moorhead. I, he's always there for press. When you named him starter just a week ago, you put all your faith in him and then you yanked the rug out from underneath him. Now what's Moorhead going to be like? Like, yeah, you got, you hope your guys are stronger than that, but he, if he's quarterback one this week, which I, I don't know. Halfway said he didn't, he has it, but he's not going to tell the media who it's going to be. What kind of faith is he going to have in himself? It's got to be shot. Like you made a couple bad passes and they ganked you for that. After all of this hoopla and that happens. And then the offense is a mess. The defense is out there for 37 minutes and you have BC's first loss to a Mac program. It was, it was, I don't know. Well, it, to say something, NIU in the past has been a pretty decent program. So, I, you know, they weren't. Yeah, but they're three and nine last year. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and they weren't expected to be that much to deal with this year. Right. But, right. you know, that's one of those teams that, that sometimes will surprise you. But you mentioned uh, before we got on that you had Jeff Halfley as a guest on your show. And mm-hmm. about, a, what, a month and a half ago, you said something like that? Yeah, um, I want to say like middle of July. Okay. He was on my show. All right, and then, and now it's like, you know, what's what has changed? Is is there something inherently different with Halfley, uh, or is this who he is? He hasn't changed himself. Like you talk to him, he's the same guy that he was when they were hired with the whole get in thing, and you know the he's he's a personable guy. He's super nice. Um, it's hard to, 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 to say, you know, to be tough on him, but you have to, right. You see the product in the field, you see what happened with Moorhead. I have to call a spade a spade here. Right. And so for me, for Halfley, like what worries me is that, that nicety could be a weakness. I wonder sometimes if being too nice comes across as not strong enough when you're on a football field. Mm. Right. And you just look at like how he delegates his power, right? So he lost, he fired John McNulty, which he had to have done after last year. The offensive coordinator's gone. Tem Lokabu leaves. He goes to the NFL. Instead of hiring, well, first of all, instead of hiring someone new for some new blood in there, he just hired a bunch of his friends again on both both ends. He he just promoted with from within on the defensive line, and he promoted from within on the the offensive side of things didn't bring in any new blood and he co-coordinated both of them. So it's like, I, I don't know. I, 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 one of the biggest things I thought about all summer was too many chefs in the kitchen. I mean, especially when you look at the defense and you have Halfley throwing his, his thoughts into everything. So you have like three guys doing everything there and you have two on the offense. And I, I, I wonder if that like the inability to, to like make tough decisions might be the things that's biting him in the butt right now. He also sounds like a micromanager to me. Hey, um, Mm. we're going to do things just a little differently on this podcast than we have in the past. um, In that sometimes Will and I will, we'll switch back and forth, but uh, based on, on everything that's going on here, I know Will's got a lot of questions. So, Will, I'm just going to tell you that uh, at any moment, feel free, free to jump in because I know as AJ is explaining stuff, it's prompting you to, you know, questions that you may have 
that that you want to take a little further with with some of the things that he's telling us. Okay, so I actually want to spin a positive for just a second because I feel like I feel like you know this is sounds like a, it's been a good therapy session so far, but. <laughs> I got to ask, where does that fourth down pass by Castellanos rank in terms of craziest plays you've seen? That play was nuts. That was like something I, I saw someone refer to that as like, um, you could only do that in Tecmo Super Bowl, uh, the old <laughs> Nintendo game. Like yes. what he did there and like he ran backwards, what, like 40 yards mm-hmm. and still like going backwards. He's, he's back there and he shook, you know, an NIU defender out of his feet and was able to complete that pass. That, that, that was special. And I, and, you know, truth be told, Thomas Castellanos may be the the shining light left. Like he showed a lot, and um, he wasn't perfect. I mean, that interception was awful. Uh, but uh, he, you know, he, I, my co-host Mitch Wolf was saying that he, you know, I think he completed like forty seven percent passes. But it on Pro Football Focus, if you do the adjusted pass rating, um, where you take out the drops, which were absolutely asinine that game they dropped six passes seemed like 12 uh his his passer uh percentage went up to 67 percent uh so he had a good game it was just everyone around him was just making mistakes um so yeah that play was cool um lots of like flashbacks to tyler murphy watching him at times um from 2014 uh but you know I, I I'm curious to see who Halfley puts in as QB this week and, or if he puts them both because he's, he also said, then again, my brain gets going that he might put in both and that would be, uh, yeah, no, don't do that. Just pick a freaking quarterback and go with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I see, I see a similar situation in Blacksburg at Virginia tech where they're playing two quarterbacks and I just think it doesn't make any sense. And I just, I think in 99% of instances, unless you're, Chris Leak, Tim Tebow, it's not going to work. Right. Um, so let me, so you, we talked about the issues of the O-line last year. Everybody was injured. I think you were asked to play at one point. How, yep. how did they perform uh, on Saturday? They were very good. And that was another frustrating part. They started the game off by running the ball, doing some power running, and they were good. Yeah, Pat Garwo was, you know, running at like four or five yards a clip. Uh, and then when they you know, Moorhead and there was a few penalties. There was a few pre-snap penalties that were um, things that, you know, put, you know, uh, stalled out deep on uh, stalled out drives. They, they were, you know, Christian Mahogany looked good. I thought Trapilo and Kendall and, and um, uh, what was his name? Kyle Hergel looked good, but again, Hergel also got a personal foul for doing something. Uh, so there were mistakes there, but like, the pressure rate dropped dramatic drastically from last year. They were able to run the ball. Uh, they had all the passers had all the time in the world if they wanted to throw it. Um, but you had to one, one of the things we were wondering is like with Moorhead when he was out there, is his internal clock so screwed up from last year that he hasn't been able to fix it because he looked very skittish uh, back there. And I, I wonder if that, it that skittishness seemed to like, almost mimic what he did last year when he was running for his life all the time. So let me address a rumor since Will brought it up, talking about you filling in on the offensive line last year. Are you the reason that Dracovic left the team? Yeah. (laughs) You can blame me for it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's so funny. Like uh, I I was, I I have, I I thought he was going to be such a, a star for BC and 
it's no i mean like the guy just got snake bit everywhere right so he like he got that stupid injury against umass that year that i mean that year was 2021 if he doesn't get hurt there bc wins eight games i mean they won six i think with with grossell um they would have won eight and then we wouldn't be talking about jeff halfley right now you know and all this all this stuff because they would have had a successful season you go you win eight games at bc you're golden for a couple of years um but they win six it's the same as steve adazio it's the same as everything that's been going on no improvement and jakovic's now in pit and he's looking good you're telling me that if they'd won eight games that that no 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 i don't, I don't even want to go there anyway um uh <laughs> let's talk about this next game um holy cross Mm-hmm. Yeah, Holy Cross is the number five FCS team in the country. Uh, they were twelve and one last year. They only lost to South Dakota State in the FCS cha- uh, tournament. Who uh, went on to win the entire uh, South Dakota State went on to win the whole thing. Uh, they have who I call the FCS version of Luke Keekley. They had this guy. Um, oh, what's his name? I totally blanked on his name, but no one's gonna know it. Jordan Dingle or something like that. Uh, had twenty one tackles last week, and uh, they got a good quarterback that's mobile. They've got a running back that ran for four touchdowns last week against Merrimack. Um, this is like their Super Bowl. Now, BC smacked, smacked them in 2018 with Steve Adazio. They went 62-14. Holy Cross couldn't tackle A.J. Dillon. Like, he ran like four times for like 160 yards. Um, but they're a much better team. Bob Chesney, their head coach, um, who a lot of BC fans are watching for reasons you can probably guess, um, is a local guy who – has done a great job of uh, taking small Catholic schools and revitalizing them. And Holy Cross is a good team. They, they beat Buffalo last year. They've won, they've won, I think two straight years, they've beaten FBS teams. And if BC goes out there as flat as they did against NIU, they're going to lose. They need to, they, they need to show and Halfley hasn't shown it yet that he can do this that they're the superior team. Like if you go over, go like, just we're going to dig in here. Right. Hmm. Halfley's been there since 2020. He's played Texas state, UMass, UConn, Rutgers. You, I mean, you name it, either he's lost to them or he's made it close. The UMass game was close. The Texas state game, they should have lost. They, they have never put a team away since he's been heck Maine last year, the Maine was in it until like the fourth quarter. So this is worrisome to me. This is things could get very bad for Boston college. If they lose this game, they just have to fix the mistakes. I think they made last week, but with, with the way things have been going over the last four years, they might, it's like the, like the girl with the, the, the dike putting her finger in the dike where one hole they stop and then another one pops out. And it's like, that's what it feels like right now. Like, yeah, maybe they'll, they won't drop any passes, but something else is going to be a problem. And then it's, that's, that's a concern because Holy Cross is, is gunning. This is a, a historical rivalry. That's gone back to 1896. BC hasn't played them a lot recently, but you go back in their history. These two teams played a lot and Holy Cross doesn't forget that kind of stuff. So I, I, I mean, I don't know. There's no gambling lines because it's an FCS team, but I'm not feeling good about this game right now. Payback sell too for 2018. Will? Yep. Yep. So I think, yeah, I didn't, I don't know if you said the name, but Jacob Dobbs is the person you were talking Dobbs, about. That's it. For Holy Chris. Yep. Yep. And this, and this, and this is a team. I think they 
what you talk about with Holy Cross, they're a team that runs the ball pretty well. And we saw BC do a decent job of stopping NIU. And I mm-hmm. know some of that was just because they were on the field so much because the offense just couldn't sustain consistent drives. But this is a, this was a defense. I think I, this is a quote. This is the thing. Can they you know hold a team that runs the ball so well, like Holy Cross? They just going to get off the field. Uh, they, they, I, yeah, they did. Fun. I mean, they, they let up a couple plays against NIU, but it was the, like the self-inflicted mistakes. that just kept, kept biting them. Like, you know, the personal fouls, defensive pass interference. Um, but, you know, the, the NIU ran the ball like 40 times for 150 yards. I think they only averaged like 3.3 yards per carry or something like that. I mean, that's what you want. Like they weren't doing anything and they only had a few big plays. It was just that the offense BC's offense just kept putting the defense back. Like they did last year, the entire year. So you got to hope that the offense can stay on the field, sustain drives, not make mistakes. That will, if they could do that, then the defense will be fine. I'm just, I don't know if they can do that. (laughs) And you kind of brought up the self-inflicted wounds, and this is a team, Boston College, they've been pretty good at limiting those, you know, especially last year. I think they were middle of the pack in terms of penalties per game, but they, they didn't commit yep. a lot of yeah, they were they didn't commit a lot of these personal foul penalties. And yep. I think they committed 10 penalties, and I know for sure three of them were defensively that led to first downs and killed them. This is something yep. that they've got to fix. Yeah, and Halfley said that that as much this week. He said, you know, this is stuff that, you know, we have to control. Like Donovan Azarak, who can't smack the quarterback in the face after a play. Yeah, he flopped, but like you can't give him that. You have to pull up, and you got to be more careful on some of these. The they're going to play tight on, um, you know, in some of this man coverage that they're doing, but you know, on third and fourth down, you have to be careful. You can't just give them free downs. And that's what they kept doing over and over again. And those mistakes are fixable. They are fixable, but will they be able to fix them? So here's, here's another interesting question. If they're not going to generate a big pass rush against NIU. How are they going to do this in the ACC play? I think it was more the NIU scheme. Like they schemed against BC's um, pass rush. So they, uh, I think they, Mitch was tough. Mitch, my guy is like into stats. And sometimes he says stuff and my eyes glaze over. I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but he did tell me that there's like a statistic out there where there's actual like pass, like there's passes where like they design it so that they just get the ball out of their hands so fast that no pass rush would ever get to them. It, I think it's like after three seconds, that's considered a, like a standard pass attempt. So they, they take out all those like quick flips that they were doing and NIU only passed the ball 11 times. Like they only like actually threw it 11 times. Um, and BC got pressure, I think around 33% of those plays. It was, it's still not great, but I, I think it's a bad example. Like it's, it's like a small data point. I think we need to see more. And when they play more consistent, passing teams that's not florida state i think we'll get to see what this this line can do because i don't think they just I, I just don't think they had it they did what they were selling out so hard against the run because that's all nau was doing that there was no pass attempts for them really to go after other than a few kind of just like gimmicky things that weren't things you could rush you kind of deal with pff stats with a dose of salt sometimes yeah, yeah. you know yeah. they are what they are they're a standard and 
some of it doesn't make any sense. Even the people who are, you know, <laughs> my guy Mitch is big. He's like, he went to like scouting <clears throat> school and all that stuff. So I, when I, when I talk to him, that's his, his cup of tea. I, I am yeah. much more into the nuts and bolts and things. And he loves the, all the other moving parts the that gadgets. I like, he comes up with stats. I've ne- like all these things, like I'm just learning from him. Well, not a bad thing. I mean, you know, yep. everything adds up one way or the other. Hey, right. um, if, if we get to a point where uh, I hate to, I hate to even go this route, but let's say uh, we know we lost the NIU game, mm-hmm. we lose the Holy Cross game. Things are not going to look much better yep. after that. At what point, if there is such a point, is the trigger pulled on him? So if you were to ask me a couple of years ago, if BC would pull the trigger in the middle of a season, I'd say they wouldn't do it. Like just knowing how their system has been, I've seen so many bad coaches come in and they make it through the end of the year and they're given their chance to end exit. But we saw it with Jim Christian. They fired him in the middle of the year because he was yeah. doing awful. Yeah. I have heard going into the season from some of my sources that Halfley was, I mean, he, anyone watching knows he was on the hot seat heading into the season, right? That this is, this was a make or break season for him. I don't think anyone that I've talked to expected them to go out there and lose to NIU and potentially Holy cross. Like I just, it just doesn't seem like it's possible. So could they, could he make it, could he not make it to the end of the season? I think that's a potential. I think there's a big potential. Like, like I just see the horror show, like the, like, the way the how bad this could get in the next couple of weeks, right? So just imagine, like they go out there, they lose to Holy Cross. That's the first BC FCS loss in like four, 40 years or something like that. That again, new low. That would be a new low point. And then who knows? I mean, at, Florida State is going to pummel them if they play the way that they've been playing. So you have you'd be zero and three with like three just horrendous losses on your resume. I would I would think there's a potential that he gets he he gets the Jeff Collins treatment from last year and then like Rob Chizinski or Azar Abdul Rahim gets the gets to just coach out the year and they figure things out at the end of the year. But I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just being really pessimistic and then they go out there and they smack Holy Cross this weekend, but I don't know. Stranger things have occurred. Um yep. so uh tra- this is a transition, a couple of questions. So if if that does happen, um, here's here's the one thing I really want to know. Um, you're in a unique position as somebody who graduated from BC. That mm-hmm. you know you, you you've also got some of that fan perspective as well. But what are the what are the fans talking about? The the supporters, the alumni. What are they saying about oh. about this whole thing? They, I mean, the Boo Birds were out the first half hard. Um, I know the students are pretty upset right now. Um, you know, they've, I mean, I can't imagine. I went there when, with Matt Ryan and Jared Dudley and wow. I saw winning and winning and winning. And Spoiled. that kind of just built me who, to who I am now. But I can't imagine for the last like 10 years to 15 years of some of these fans that have gone through like students and like asked to be like a fan as an alumni. Like who wants to like to to watch a team lose over and over again, right? Yeah. So they're, they're, I mean, I've heard everything from they're going to wear paper bags in their heads to this game to they're not just not going to show up. 
um, that Holy Cross is going to pack Alumni Stadium. I don't know. I, I feel like the fans are are really down right now. Um, they're really angry. I mean, you go to my message board. My gosh, the, the I write things and no one comments on it because they don't like Halfley says he doesn't know who's who's quarterbacking. Nothing that then you go to like, how does BC fix this? That someone created and there's like 400 comments there. There's they're they're revved up right now. And I think everyone that I've talked to and all the people that, you know, that follow the program are, are I think they're looking for a light at the end of the tunnel on this. All right, let's get into the – this is the, the question I really didn't want to go to so much, mainly because I, it, it sort of offends me. Uh, nonetheless, it's out there. And mm-hmm. um, it is one of those things that I, I think tends to make people a little bit defensive, maybe a lot defensive. So yep. if, if it does, um, take it with a grain of salt here that, that it's not coming from me from that standpoint. Oh, uh, you can't offend me. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> I bet I heard I, everything. I, I bet I can. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, because we're covering the entirety of the conference, we hear and mm-hmm. see all all of the comments in regard to, oh, let's get rid of this school, that school, and DC's yep. one of them. And I, and I keep thinking to myself, this is a conference. There are people in this conference. There's a reason they're in this conference. Sometimes teams have off years or a set of off years until they can find their way. Now, mm-hmm. that being said, um, you know, with all this realignment nonsense, there was some, yeah, I, you know, I read some of your stuff and, I, and it felt to me like, ooh, um, this, this could have a serious impact on Boston College. Talk to us a little bit about this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, when when the realignment stuff was happening and like the the future of the ACC as a conference seemed to be up in the air with you know the the what was it the Magnificent Seven or whatever that was, mm-hmm. um, all threatening to leave. I was worried about where BC would end up at the end of that. Right, like you know, I can't see the Big Ten or the Big 12 or, yeah, the SEC is, they're not going to go after a school like Boston College, right? So what happens to them? Now, now that, like, we're starting to see kind of maybe where this is going, even with Florida State and Clemson and maybe a school or two more leaving, adding in SMU, adding in Cal, and adding in uh, Stanford solidifies the conference more. These schools like NC State, Virginia Tech, um, Wake Forest, Duke, they're not going to get all these, these two mega conferences are not going to gobble up all these schools. From what I've heard, the media rights deals are going to limit how many schools you can bring in because Fox is and ESPN are kind of like, whoa, we don't have the money right yeah. now to like, they're cutting things all over the place. Right. That's right. Okay. So I don't see right, right now. What I don't see is the ACC completely imploding. I do see potentially Clemson and Florida state leaving. And that seems inevitable almost, but I, I think BC, like, yeah, I see a lot of fans saying that, and it, I don't give a, I don't care what the fans say. They, you know, people that, you know, like seeing like NC State fans complaining about BC, it's like, yeah, well, BC's won more, you know, gotten to more ACC championships than you have in the last like twenty years. So calm yourself, and we just beat you last year, and our team was garbage. So, <laughs> like, I see a lot of fans be- talking a lot, sure, but like, sure. 
like I don't know. Boston's a good market. I think BC's done a good job of get. I mean, like they got a, a good NIL program finally coming in. They just opened a, a fantastic basketball facility just today. Um, football, just I think they just need a good. They they just need to have the right coach. I thought Halfley was going to be it. Maybe he figures this out in the next couple of weeks. If he doesn't, you go down the next road and you got to hit this next hire. Yeah. Will? Quick, I'll do just want to step outside of BC for a second. And uh, let me just ask you this. We, we saw Clemson just get, you know, pretty well handled, even though there was some, they did have some luck go against them with fumbles, but they don't look like Clemson, AJ. What, what do you do? You, is the are they on the the tail end of things now? Ah, uh, I mean they've. I mean, just as someone who like I cover recruiting for two four seven, I know that Clemson just hit like two home runs at wide receiver. I think they got the top wide receiver in the country coming next year. Um, that was a big issue, but you know, getting a new offensive coordinator with the old players there, I feel like they, you know, I think, I think Dabo's going to kind of start thinking about this transfer portal piece because. You know, even Halfley, like Halfley went out and grabbed 10 guys because he needed it. Like, you can't be that pigheadish about getting new guys in to fix what you need. Look at what Notre Dame did. They got got Sam Hartman to, to fix a major issue. There were great wide receivers out there that Clemson could have put with Cade Klubnik. They didn't do it because that was the way he is. And you know what? He's won national championships, but he's struggled the last couple of years. Maybe, you know, this is a big moment for him. Does he, does he adjust the way he does things? Or does he continue just trucking along the way he's done it? Um, but Clemson, I mean, that kind of loss and the way Florida State's playing, Clemson looks like they get at least two losses right there because I don't, I don't see them beating the Seminoles. Speaking of FSU, do you think they're, you know, it's a one-game sample size, but do you think they're a playoff team? Yep. They, they look great. <laughs> they look like a playoff team. Like, credit to Mike Norvell. Like, you know, they, they, they waited it out. Um, he's done a, a fantastic job of navigating not only recruiting, but transfer portals to like really build a, a playoff level roster. Um, they got, you know, they've got guys that are from their school, like Jordan Travis, uh, but they've also, you know, Keon Coleman and Jared verse, like they hit the transfer portal and, and they bring in stars too. Um, they look like the Florida state teams that, you know, Bobby Bowden used to have that were in, you know, early Jimbo Fisher type stuff that's i think ready ready to take that next step and and get them back on the map it's been a long time but it looks like they're there so my man is uh is going to be headed toward boston here soon and and i know he's going to ask some detail here after the program about great places to eat and things to see mm-hmm. et cetera. Et cetera. Um, if there were one place specifically in boston that you would recommend to him to go eat it's a must do or a place to see. That's a must do. Yep. What would you say? So it's so funny. I just had my sister-in-law's wedding was last week and I got, I had to miss the beat. Uh, you know, like you talk about fall weddings, right? First weekend of the, of, of the football season. And I, there's a, a wedding I can't get out of, <laughs> but the, the groom had never been to Boston before. And uh, so, you know, we were talking about like, where do you have to go? You have to go to the North end. North end of Boston is the Italian area 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 of Boston. Like find any of those restaurants. They're amazing. Like great Italian food. Um, it's a cool, cool area to just kind of walk around too. It's like very 
um, like small city ish. It almost reminds me of Italy. Um, and then once you're done that, like, you know, stuff your face there and then either go to Mike's pastries or modern. They're like the two rival pastry places and get a cannoli. I'm a big Mike's person, but it's a, it's a very heated um, rivalry there. Some people want the others go to Mike's the line's kind of big, but I'm telling you it's worth it. So Mike's pastry North end. Sounds to me like you have a penchant for Italian food, my man. Uh, I anytime I get to Boston that I want to like go out with my wife and we have time or like get get together with friends, the North End is always the place to go. There we go. Sounds good. Hey, uh, we're hoping that there are solutions that are coming down the road, and maybe Halfley mm-hmm. can and his staff can can find their way through this. And if not, then. Uh, some quick solutions on the part of the AD, the school, to move forward and to uh, to get Boston College back in the groove. Um, but we really appreciate the fact that you, you stop by and, and give us a little perspective on what's going on. I know it's frustrating uh, at this at this moment, and it, it will only last a short period of time. And it depends on your perspective on short period, of course. But nonetheless, the publisher of BC yep. Eagle Insider and the host of Locked On BC Podcast is our friend AJ Black. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.